I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For God's sake, why are you listening to part two first? Press stop, listen to part one, and then come back here. Um... It's a really weird way to start a podcast. That I've recorded this just for the one person out of all of our listeners who is going to play this in the incorrect order. And the rest of us are superfluous to this joke. It's just for that one person. Um, anyway, welcome back to Hardcore Listing, part two of our episode 41 of our live show from the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen. We had an awesome time. Uh, guests were Gail... Porter, Rhea, Lena, Bobby from Does It Offend You, Bobby Bloomfield and Jen, who was one of the co-authors of Vibers Britpops. We had an amazing time. I'm not going to go too far into it. It's the usual sort of live show madness that we have. Enjoy part two. And um, yeah, that's it. Nothing too exciting to say. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. <coughs> Hello, thanks for coming back. I think we've only lost... <laughs> I think she's gone. Gal's done one. <laughs> um... You having a good time? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Excellent. Brilliant. Is uh, anyone staying afterwards for a few drinks? That's, that's, that's Chris asking, not Craig. <laughs> Craig will be about, about half five. <laughs> um, thank toilets. you so much, by the way, for coming. And um, thanks for listening to the podcast because um, we, we love it, we didn't, we? we didn't set out to... I know we, we banged on about this enough, but... We we set this up just being Pip's dickhead mates, and if which we still are, yeah, uh, they're aware of that. Don't worry about <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it's so nice that it, it's it's grown, and you all chat with us on social media, and and it's it's fucking brilliant. And you've all come from all over the place to come to London to watch me and him talk, which is amazing. <laughs> like. Our egos are fucking out of control mm. right now. <laughs> I said fans the other day and I hated he myself. He said fans, for it. right? And I, and like, I was like, many, oh God. How many times <laughs> have I got Chris listeners? Yeah, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm really sorry. How many beers you had? Uh, not, I've had one and a half. 
Yeah. Hey, come on. So the second half, um, coming in fashionably late, <laughs> um, but not as fashionably late as the, as the last podcast. Um, that's Charles um, down there, and Charles runs Love Beer. And, and Charles has come and kitted out the whiff in my, my little shed with um, beer pumps and stuff like that. And um, it's because of Charles that the drunk casts are, are drunk and shambles. Um, I think it's because we're alcoholics that the drunk casts oh, are drunk that, and yeah. Um, but yeah, so Charles has provided us with some beers. So um, when we get round to doing the listeners' questions, then anyone that has got a question, then we'll give you um, a, a, a very nice beer. Yeah. Uh, well, um, so there's an, you know, a good reason to start thinking of questions. Yeah. Just, just seeing Charles has reminded me. Charles, I was uploading um, the fucking mess that is our most recent podcast. And the start of episode three is just uh, another guest beatboxing and rapping. And we're all out of our faces. And I'm going to have to edit so much of that. We've never, ever edited a podcast. This one, I think we might have to. And we all woke up with anxiety after that one. <laughs> And you went, we're going to have to edit that. And I, normally I'm like, shut up, Chris, we just fucking put it out. And I was like, we've so got to edit that. Yeah. It was absolute shambolic. You, fair play to you, Charles. You was trying to talk about the breweries and you was going, right, this beer's called Bishop's Digit. And, like, <laughs> and, and our guest was going, I'm going to call that one Loose Slag. <laughs> <laughs> So when, when the podcast eventually comes out, which is the Love Beer one with um, our, our good friend um, Big Papa Jay, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it, it will rival the Ramesh drunk cast, I think. Definitely. No. 100%. There's no, no shadow of doubt in my mind. Because yeah. the first beer that you brought up, Charles, was uh, this coffee stout that was at... How many percent was that? 11.5. Right. And before an hour's, before an hour's passed, we're all fucked. I should, I should point out that... Um, and our next guest, um, I said, yeah, he said, I'm not going to get a beer. I said, that's right, have one of these. And he went, okay. Cracked the bottle, then looked at the bottle, put the lid back on it. Fucking hell, 7.5%. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Okay, well, look, um, as, as I've mentioned before, um, we're going to do some listener questions at the end. So there's beer now as, a, as more of an encouragement to come up with some ideas. And if you've got some fucking crazy stories, then by then, I've had a lot more to drink than Chris. So I'm... I'm, I'm well up for Tough fucking guy. some stupidity. Okay. So, uh, so uh, yeah, let's see how we go. Well, should we, uh, have you got anything to say before we bring the next guest on? I love you, man. Oh. <laughs> I would have thought I'd have said that. Right, okay, let's invite I should say, on. I should say, me and Chris have been friends for a long time, but <laughs> I have seen way too much of you over the last five months. I've spent more time in hotel rooms with you than probably I've spent in hotel rooms with my missus. And what's weird is, some dark shit has happened in them hotel rooms, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's like, at one point, we was like, right, let's make a video. And you was like, right, hang on, hang on. I'll, I'll get some porn up on my phone, and then I'll go in the toilet, and then you pretend to knock on the door, and I'll be like, what do you want? And, like, and I think you actually went, right, you have, oh, hang on. No, hang on, I want some amateur stuff. I don't want that. And it was like... It was, <laughs> He was not actually that one, not being that one. genre specific. You, you, not you, that you, it made any bearing were, on the fucking video. You were standing outside the toilet for ten minutes. Chris, you, you masturbating in there now. I just got sidetracked, man. <laughs> Pornhub. Character acting. 
Pornhub has got, like, I'm trying to catch up on all the episodes, but it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It's a lot. It's a lot to get through. That's a box set, mate. All right. Okay, so, um, we'd like to welcome on stage now and please show your appreciation um, for our friends um, and our guests, um, which is the lovely Rialina and Bobby Bloomfield. Doing guys? Yeah. Ria, thanks for coming back. Pleasure. It's good to be comfortable on the sofa for once. Oh, yeah, because you was in that svelte uh, velvet. I was in a prom dress yeah. that I just about fit into. You did good. Just. If and then I If you aren't aware of, 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 of what we're talking about, if you weren't at the last live show or you've not listened to that episode, and we were doing embarrassing moments, and, and, and Ria spoke about um, a high school prom in the States where no one wanted to take you, did they? It was in the Netherlands. Um, not Sorry. that that made a difference. They still didn't want to take me. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you had this dress that your, your mum had made for you? No, it was my mother's dress. So she'd had it from the 60s and she just went, I said, I still want to go to prom. And so she went, well, here's a dress. And so I went in her dress. Normally you buy a dress. Normally you get a dress and it's a big thing and they take a picture of you and the person taking you and he brings you flowers and I didn't get any of that. So she just said, well, here's the dress and your dad's bought you some flowers, but he can't actually pick them up. So you'll have to go get them. <laughs> so I got on my bike and biked to the, the dress. forest. It was like, hi, there's some flowers for me. Um, and Rhea turned up at our live podcast in that prom dress. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was a bit special. Um, so uh, welcome, Bobby. Hello. And so we, we know Bobby. Um, Bobby was in um, the band Does It Offend You, yeah? And um, done lots of gigs with um, Pip and Dan. Yeah. And so we met through Pip, and you have since DJed lots for us, and we've become friends and such. And before we sort of get on to bits and pieces, you now run a new venture yep. called The Rattle. Yeah, so basically, I, you guys were talking a lot about the 90s earlier. And if you remember, not only was there Britpop, there was Rave, there was Acid House, there was Gangster Rap, there was all these amazing countercultural things going on. Two sex pops, really don't interrupt yeah. me there. Can everyone hear everything all right? Hello. Yeah, it's, everyone's pretty loud. Everyone's Check loud one. Enough, yeah? Does it need to come up at all? Everyone's cool. Shall I? Brilliant. Speak better. No, no, no. Someone said in the, someone said in the break that it was uh, more precise. Robert, please. <laughs> okay. Go on. Sorry, Bob. Yeah, so there was all this countercultural stuff fighting against the evil in the world. And currently we've got maybe Ed Sheeran and Adele fighting against the evil in the world. So Is that um, why we have Trump? Because they're not enough. I think so. I think we've got Trump A and Brexit because there's, there's no youth culture voice. So <laughs> basically I want to give... Um, the youth a voice by helping them, you know, have money in their pockets. Dude, we've spoke about this so much, and that's a theme that has come up and up again and again with the different bands that we've had on, and the fact that this, how a lot of the, say, Britpop movement happened was in the scene and the environments that were available for these musicians. And because um, someone else had told us about what you was doing a while back, it might have been Russell Lissack actually from Block Party. Yep. So he's one of our mentors. Yeah. We've got right. amazing mentors. We've got like Imogen Heap, Russell Lissack, uh, uh, Foreign Beggars. I'd how love young to get is, How you young two. is 
not young enough to be able to come and do a youth thing with you? <laughs> uh, so we're not age discriminatory. That one. Uh, Correct. That one. Um, and we're also not genre specific as well. So whatever music you make, um, whatever music technology you make, you can come in and just experiment <laughs> on making new ways of... Uh, so you look at the festivals now, it's Red Hot Chili Peppers and Muse and Kasabian still. And it's like... Yeah. Hang on a minute. I That's guarantee at 3pm, Feeder are still on stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Leave Feeder alone. Got a but soft the, spot. the lower half of the festival bills are the, are the bands that are really exciting and young, but they, um, they all get dropped after one album. So mm -hmm. nobody's going to replace Muse. Until, and music will be on Reading Festival until the end of fucking time. It's mm. something that, as Chris said, we spoke about it so much that there is... There is no longevity. There is no sort of long-term vision in, in record labels now. That that if you you put an album out and it doesn't shift Adele-sized quantities, you ain't going to get a second mm. album. And so when you look historically back at the kind of rock giants and even up to Britpop, probably being the last point in music where there was still an element of support yeah. that you would get a second album. Nowadays, it just doesn't exist. It really doesn't. And, and that has killed, I, I won't say youth culture, but, 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 but yeah. I think it has. The Independent music, and definitely. The Guardian both ran stories about the last important um, youth culture movement being New Rave, that, which is what I was part of. And that's tragic. Like mm. <laughs> New Rave and Grime were like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that means there are people turning 20 now who had no significant yeah. things happening in their teens. Like, whoa, that's bonkers. And, and that's the thing, that when we were speaking to Jen earlier and, and Gal about, and, and, and myself as well, the, the impact that the, the scenes, for me growing up in 89 was Manchester, in 92 was grunge, yeah. and in 95 was Britpop. They were three massive movements in music and fashion and culture, and it, it impacted throughout. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I constantly say, is it because I'm just getting old? It's but not, it's not. If you look at the way people dressed and what they were listening to in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s and 90s, the, the last 20 years, people really haven't changed much. At one point, people had beards and then they didn't. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Pip. Um, <laughs> but... Um, but I, I also think that it's become, when you look at, I mean, I know V Festival's just been told that it is no more, um, but when, when you look at festivals and you're talking about, like, headliners are still Chili Peppers and Muse, and, and, and it, to me, feels that, like, fashion as well, as a DJ, I used to watch people come through the doors of my clubs and I could go, metaler, I don't like the term, grunger, indie kid, and... Frenchman. Uh, Frenchman. <laughs> 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 but now, now it's so Brian Harvey. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, but and, but to me now, like when we wanted clothes, we'd have to go to Camden Market and get the clothes that was you know symbolic to what our scene was. But now there's a universal kind of top shop fashion exactly. that transcends all genres. Mm. So there is no specific movement. Everybody kind of looks the same. That's true, but there are little pockets out there. But, but they, the mechanism from them to get from where they are 
to exploding onto the mainstream is, is broken. And that's exactly what we want to do with the rattle, is like figure out how to get new exciting artists um, wearing clothes that we wouldn't understand as old people, music we wouldn't understand as old people, and just getting them out there. We should be frightened of new music. Absolutely. Because, you know, you know we're over... Well, I'm over 40 now. You're over 70. Yes! Bobby can stay permanent hardcore listing member. I've not fucking Jeez. seen him for two years and he's on board straight away. <laughs> can I just say, Charles, this is blowing my fucking face off, man. <laughs> oh, that was so upset. Thanks, man. The minute you put that lid back on, when he got on stage, you went, here, Chris, I've got a beer for you. You said you'd opened it for me. Especially. What? Uh, yeah. That's I don't know. Um, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so... Um, I won't bang on about it anymore. So with Rattle, yep. so how, how are you going to implement that? Is it a space? So it's just, we're building a space. Um, so we're building like a central, what we're calling a startup space. We're trying to bring in startup culture into music without it being wanky. And we're building studios and basically someone will come along and they'll pay 250 quid a month and they'll get studio time for that whole month. And all the mentorship from people like Russell, Imogen Heat, blah, blah, blah. People from the BBC, people from the world of finance, entertainment, tech. And what we want to do is just figure out ways of, new ways of success outside of the old copyright music industry, which, is, which died about 10 mm. years ago. And to explain to anyone that has never sort of looked into being in bands and being in studios, if 250 pound a month, you will pay 250 pound a day yep. for most studios, right? Yeah, so we, we just want to... The really hip word in startup is disrupt. So we want to completely disrupt the music industry. Um, and people are starting to take notice. People are getting a little bit frightened. So but when, when you was in Does It Offend You, yeah? Yep. Where did you... like In regards to your relationship with your label, you, you were signed to a major, right? Yep. So how did you... Did you see longevity in it? Like, where, you know, what, what was your... Well, we were one of the last bands to get a traditional record deal. Um, a 360 or...? No, before that. Right, OK. Um, but, you know, at our height, when we were travelling around the world, we had music on the Oscars, we had music on Fast and Furious. The most I ever made was about 15 grand. Interns at record labels start at 18 grand. So the, it's all the wrong way around. Artists are what it's about. So we, we're trying to make artists the heart of the music industry again. Make artists founders of startups, and then labels can just, you know, provide services. So what are your thoughts on things like Spotify? Uh, well, Spotify was built, um, or is built now, to serve the owners of the back catalogues. So new bands don't make any money out of it, but the people who own all the catalogues from the beginning of time make loads of money. So the music industry is actually on the up, but emerging music is plummeting. Hmm. Yeah. Rubbish. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll stop being negative now. <laughs> just, to clarify, <laughs> just to clarify it, you're going to save it, yeah? <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> no pressure, but like... So... Hmm. So two years ago, we figured out, we, we went, how do we save or solve the music industry? And we, the answer was, fuck knows. So we thought, what we'll do is we'll make a space in London 
uh, throw loads of talent in it, and then we'll make a space in Manchester, we'll make a space in New York. Um, we're going to hopefully have five rattles within three years, and we'll build a network, and hopefully the new grassroots artist-led music industry will come out of that. And then we'll get the next Radiance Machine, and we'll get the next Bjork, we'll get the next Radiohead. I think yeah. you need to put, put all these artists together. I think yeah. like, like to create that sort of pressure chamber, like Britpop was, when we've had different people on from Elastica and, and um, a variety of the other bands, they all knew each other. And yeah. I kind of think that needs to happen again. And, and if Rattle can do that, that would be That's how punk cool. happened. Mm. Punk had its own fanzines. It had, you know, they all helped each other. They put out Maiden, put out their own records. Um, and we're trying to do that again, but genre non-specific. That's amazing, Bob. Yeah. Really is good. Have you got any, have you got, like, club nights planned? Because we're promoting. Look at you fucking trying to get an angle on it. <laughs> <laughs> we need a couple of quid out of them kids. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Fagan over there. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, but I genuinely think that it's not only that, but where are these people being seen and where are people socialising? Because I think that's changed. Like when we used to even have house parties, uh, there was always a certain person's house we used to go and have these crazy fucking parties at. And like 10 years later, when um, my friend's um, brothers and sisters were at the age we used to be at, they'd all be sat in the house doing nothing. Like their, their house parties were so bored and devoid of music. And we were like, Jesus Christ, like this is how much the, the scene and as you say, youth culture has changed. And I think that, I mean, nightclubs have taken a fucking massive hit. It's got and Tinder, I think it's, why all, would you I need think it's all linked. Sorry, Bobby? You've got Tinder, so why would you need a nightclub? Why do you need to go out? Yeah. But well, that, that, that's, that's, there is a degree of that that's affected. There's a massive degree of that. Mm. There's a massive degree of that. Like, you know, growing up in the You in never the dark had any ages, trouble pulling, though, mate, did you? Like, you never had any. You know, it, you know, mobile phones didn't exist when I was a kid. <laughs> like, but, you know, you, you historically, you went to a club because you wanted to hear new music and you wanted mm. to meet girls and you don't... And you wanted to drink beer. But nowadays... You can literally buy a case of beer for like eight quid. You can meet girls on Tinder, and you can you haven't got to go to a club to hear new music. You just go on Spotify. Well, there is there is no real push for that. No quest for new music either because of what Bobby's saying as well. Because they're just regurgitating what is profitable. Yeah, so businesses make money, and the way businesses often make money is not taking a risk. And so then, why take a risk on new music? So then you homogenise the music to make it sound like what was selling well. And then all you get is, as one of our buddies Aaron is here, one of his mates, Dave, says if, if there's only shit on the menu, you're only going to buy shit. And I think that the thing is with a lot of that mainstream music is it's not terrible. I don't think it shouldn't exist, you know, each their own. There's just too much of it. Yeah. And, um, and that's because can that's I, can, where the money's at. Can I just at. clarify at this point, why is Aaron going to a shop that only sells shit? <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> jump up, mate. You can answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't really want to talk about the shit that's on offer when I'm sitting up here trying to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, so is there any kind of like parallels between um, musicians? Like, it, what, obviously, I'm going to try and pull this back to, to being about London, and obviously, I know that the rattle's going to start in London, but for me, when I was trying to establish myself either doing the clubs or doing bands, it was like, go to London, got to go to London. Now, does it offend you? Yeah, go straight to London. And as well as that, Rhea, as, as a, as a stand-up, mm. is London focal? 
for comedy, at the moment it is, because most of the television is here. So this is where you're getting all the TV comics running around and, and, and playing the live circuit when they're not doing TV appearances. Um, there is comedy scenes in Scotland and the Northwest, but um, most of the television is here for the UK circuit. And then, of course, we're starting to send people over to the US. And there were sort of, you're seeing people that you know pop up on Conan or pop up in LA. And, and growing up in Reading, you felt the need you had to be in London. He had to get out. It was Reading. Well, <laughs> yeah. But at least it's not Wokingham. So you, are, you asked me what, what the, um, the best thing about London is, and it's that it's not Wokingham, where I grew up. So, <laughs> so like Reading had like one venue, two recording studios, and that was the mecca that we all went to from Wokingham, which had fuck all. But it sounds posh, Wokingham. Yeah, it's where John Redwood comes from, so it's awful. <laughs> the tree. <laughs> nice. So you, you felt the desire that to, 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 make, to try and establish yourself as a, as a stand-up, London was where it was going to be? Uh, well, no, I moved to London to do my PhD and then started doing the circuit, so I was already here. But now that I... But I started doing that, and I... Every time I leave London... Um, I go somewhere, I travel for work, I go, wow, this place is amazing, why do I live in London? And then you come back on the train, you're taking the train in from Gatwick or whatever, and as you get closer and closer, you go, God, this is a shithole. Um, <laughs> but no, it is, it is the place to be for what I do. I couldn't, I couldn't really move anywhere else and start again grassroots, and nor would I want to, because it's got the richest... I think comedians all over the world agree that UK is one of the richest comedy scenes to start from grassroots and work your way all the way up. Strange that everybody relocates to Edinburgh for two months, though, isn't it? And just tries to kind of... What are you doing for the first month? We go there for a month and then we leave. Like, what, do you, what is the extra month for? There's a castle. There's a distillery. Are you getting lost in the levels? Where's Harry but Potter? No, but, but why is there not? Because in London, we, we historically had the Camden Crawl for bands and, uh, and, and things like that, where all bands would descend upon there and showcase... And there's not that. Is that is there, does that exist for comedy, or is there just that many comedy stores that there doesn't need to be a, an Edinburgh? In there's only one comedy store. Can I just say that, like recorded? Otherwise, they would never let me work there. <laughs> no, there's only like like the comedy store has been is the long established sort of mecca of comedy. It's there are more and more. Um, clubs popping up um, and they're purpose-built, as we call them, purpose-built comedy clubs that are understanding that there is a science to comedy, so the room has to be right and the, the, you know, the equipment and, and the layout and all that has to work and we're seeing that more and more and actually comedy really changed because the, the crash really hit comedy because comedy, of course, is a little bit like live music. You know, when you don't have any money, why go out and pay for a ticket when you can just sit at home and, you know, and watch it on YouTube or something like that? And we had the same problem in comedies that people just went, why should I go out and see someone I don't know when I can sit at home and watch someone famous on telly? Um, and so that changed and evolved the way that comedy's adapting to the same issue of just how do you get new people out there? But with, you know, with the internet and with the fact that now companies at the top are going, okay, you want to make a special? How many Twitter followers do you have? 94,000. Sorry, we only work with people with 100,000. You know, that's changing the way that you have to work as an artist. So no longer can you just be funny. You also have to know how to edit a video and you have to know how to, how to engage people on different social mediums. So it's so, just changing. So has that made it harder, social media? Because, like, 
people always like, oh, it's, it's great, you can get your name out there, but with everyone else competing, does that make it is that like another level of stress? You're not worrying about just the art of comedy. You've got to worry about, as you say, editing videos and taking a picture of you in a coffee you know shop what? doing it's, something comical. It's adapt comical. or die, isn't it, really, yeah. nowadays? It's adapt or die. If you're going to sit there, there are comics that sit there going... I shouldn't have to do that. Why should I have a website? People would call me for gigs. If, mm. Well, if they're not calling you, you're going to have to either call them or die. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Like, that's what it is. You need to adapt. It's the same in music. I think the days of bands like Oasis who, you know, get the manager and label to do all the stuff while they do coke and drive into swimming pools. That's, that's mm. gone. We, we need, like, engaged artists. Because we wanted to start a band, but if that's done... Yeah, I'm yeah, not. it's done. <laughs> Honestly, well up for the that. thought of reversing your mom die out <laughs> <laughs> into an hot tub would have been fucking golden, man. <laughs> but only if you Still stick it on Instagram. <laughs> Obviously, if you missed the moment, then what mm. was the point? Yeah, exactly. It didn't happen. <laughs> so... I know that you've, well, you've got five. And so you're going to... I have you, five? Five things that you Nibbles. love about London. Right, I'm glad we clarified. Um, um, do I have five so decks? we're going to do some... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to do um, some, some stuff that, that you guys like about London. Um, I should also point out, midway through your poignant chat about two minutes ago... Someone dropped a glass over there, and the restraint I showed from being Essex and going <laughs> was ridiculous. Oi, a little oi. bit of me died inside there. <coughs> um, okay, so do you want to start with, with, with some? I, I don't know if we're gonna have time for all five, so all right. let, let's get three choice ones. Ooh, just three. Okay, my three would be um, in no particular order. I love. I love how multicultural London is. Okay. I travel a lot for work, and there are very few places where you can sit on a tube on any time of day or on a bus and see people from, like, tons of different places. They're, I especially will walk into places and go, ooh, I am the tannest person in this room. Mm -hmm. um, and, and London, never the case. 
there, you know, every shade. Number two, I love that you can jaywalk in London. <laughs> I have places to go and shit to do, and I don't have time to stand there and, you know, have a face-off with a red man when no one else is on the street. <laughs> and even then, in London, the average speed of traffic is so slow, like, the car can try and hit me, but I'm going to get across before you make it. <laughs> And third, uh, it's a toss-up between... Uh, it's a toss-up... Well, I'm going to say three and four together. If I, got, I love that we have rules on the escalator, and that goes hand-in-hand hand with how rude we are. I just... I just <laughs> both of those. There's nothing more maddening than going to Manchester and having to stand behind someone on the left as you're going from floor one to floor two. That's a fucking John great fucking <laughs> You know what? Move the fuck over. Like, it... <laughs> Just, and, and the fact that we have announcements now that tell foreigners, stand on the fucking right! <laughs> right? Um, and the rudeness, just the fact that, you know, I'll just go up and stand behind someone on the left and, and I'm right. I love that. I love standing behind them and they go, oh, sorry. I take it you're very London in your approach that you just tut and don't actually do anything about it. Uh, I will tut on the escalator, but I will damn well shout, move down in the carriage when I'm getting oh, on the chair. Oh, the tube. classic move down. Come on, you got, you know... Because you... they're the ones standing there going, if I just stand here, no one will notice. I fucking noticed. Move down. <laughs> well, you need, you need that, though. You need a champion for the move down. When no one's saying yeah. move down, I will step up, but I will look around first. Who's going to say it first? And if not, I'll step up. You know what? This is the thing about the move down. People don't want to do it. The Brits go, oh, I don't want to do that. Everyone will look at me. Everyone on that carriage will be like, thank God it yeah. was someone. Round of applause. Thank yeah, goodness definitely. it was you. Inside, they were applauding. Oh, for sure. In, yeah. is, it, is it like Japan? They, they literally have wardens um, who push people into the trains. <laughs> Sorry, Amazing. people employed to do that? Yeah. yeah. They've got, applied, like, tools, they got like, big rulers to sort of <laughs> leave a push people in because of how busy it is. So that's their job. Oh, well, I, I, I applied, but I refused to wear gloves. I just wanted to really <laughs> you know, push lower. But, yeah. Well, you've vented them really fucking quick. Um, what other two you got? Oh, well, that was that was the four. The rudeness and the escalator too. My last one was actually just you can eat healthily in London. Like London is really health conscious. You don't realize it till you travel, but you can go and get pots of fruit, you know, at any Pret, and it's really good place to actually live healthily, which you have to because London's a crazy place to live, and you're always on the move, and you know, and and your throat is dry from yelling at people on the tube and tutting. Hmm. You know, that, that was the other one. That was not as so much funny, but just anywhere else you go, everything's open late. Yes, but it's all shitty fat Double food. fried, yeah. Uh, moving back to Essex is so true. And you'll have a go at me for being a hipster, but then you move back to Basden, and if I'm hanging out in the town centre just to feel better about my life, there's nowhere to eat that isn't going to give me cancer in a year. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all shit. It really is. Very true. And they have a... Have you seen the veggie pretz now, Ria? They do have veggie pretz. Mm, yeah. They do. I, was, like... I, I think that's a really cool thing, but Pip pointed it out the other day. So, obviously, because Pip opened his mouth, I had to take the opposite stance and uh, just took the piss out of him consistently. I'll be honest, I don't know why they can't just put the veggie stuff in the normal pret. I mean, there are there is, is vegetarian it? stuff in pret, right? They don't, like, apples don't Like, it's come not with helping bacon. the vegan and the... <laughs> I assume. <laughs> Brilliant. I love your vegetarian <laughs> alternative is an apple. Um, <laughs> Craig's, Craig's Pret coming to uh, Bazardon. <laughs> Come to Eastgate soon. 
<laughs> She's just going to have cider, and you'll be like, it's made from apples. <laughs> we'll have apples on a twirl. Before we go, have, have you got some things about London, Bob? Well, first on this was the multicultural thing, because, you know, we voted the right way in Brexit, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the rest, that's the end of my political rant. Um, the other thing is, there's absolutely no fucking excuse to be bored in London. So there's true. something yeah. for everyone, no matter what your kink yeah. is or what, you, what music you like or what, what interests you. Mate, that's, I, I guess that is the thing I miss most about London. Other than me, mates, is the fact that you you just can do stuff in London every night. If you want to do something fun, you can. And yeah. there's so many uh, places out there, people who are entrepreneurs doing different experiences, mm. whether or not that is food, like Jen was saying earlier, or um, no, it's just food. That's all. Well, that, that's, <laughs> that's apples. That's um. That, that, that's what I was. That that was going to be mine. He's, he's, uh, and it sounds a bit wanky, but he's just that. You said that maybe five times this, uh, this, this episode, so I'm looking forward because to hearing that. Because it is that opportunity for creativity, which you don't really get where we're from. You know, you have to make it, but there's not a, a hub for it, so to speak. There's not encouragement for it. Whereas I think just walking in here this evening, like just out there was two independent magazines on the side. And I just think... There's two independent magazines that are set up by someone that has probably gambled a bit to get that published. And within that, they're going to be talking about aspiring artists, musicians, writers. And, you know, there's only small pockets of that in your, your bigger cities like Manchester and, 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 and Edinburgh and, and such, where they do focus on, on that. And, and unfortunately, where we're from, there isn't a, a big focal point Less. for that. And, yeah. and, and like you say, there's, there's only... X amount of places that you can go where you're going to be around like-minded people that do want to do something within the arts and try and establish themselves yeah. and be encouraged. Possibly the most sensible thing I've ever said. Yeah. Well done, Stu. Well done, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of uh, best things about London, you're all wrong, by the way. Oh, you're going to talk about the fucking alien experience, aren't you? <laughs> you are, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. Fuck. Do you know sake. that's the same people who did the zombie mall? Yeah, because you know what? This is so fucking weird, right? So we just done the Zed zombie events thing, yeah? And so we couldn't really talk to Bob too much when he got here. And even though I haven't seen him for two years, I was like, all right, Bob, yeah, what have you been up to? Yeah, don't say anything. We're doing a podcast. Can't talk about anything until we're on here. Bob was one of the first fucking zombies at Zed events. Was it Bobo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was oh, the right. clown zombie, yeah. Clan zombie. Yeah. There weren't one. There weren't a clan zombie when we was there, but they run really oh, fast. Did them big shoes not just fuck with you? <laughs> yeah, I've actually had to have a knee operation, and I think I need a back operation since Z events. Yeah. No way. It's a lot of falling over and falling downstairs, people screaming at you, and you're screaming back at them. It's amazing. But you, yeah. It's, Do you it's, have special insurance for that? Like, don't they have to cover you for yeah, doing that kind of job? Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if, you haven't, if you haven't listened to it, then... then uh, I mean, what I will say, do listen to it if you like Chris being horrible to me, because Pip's horrible to me, and my wife's on that one. She's being horrible to me as well, so... Like, when you deserved it, you so deserved it. Like you said Beastie Boys for Brit fans, <laughs> you were going on about fucking the Lost Boys for zombie movies. <laughs> Wasn't you? No, I said Dust Till Dawn, and then you went, that's not a zombie film, and that's when I crossed Lost Boys off my list as well. 
Oh shit! So so alien. I think it's called well, alien. How are War. you confusing vampires and zombies? Do you keep your eyes shut the entire movie mm. and just listen to <laughs> the screams? I don't pay attention to stuff. I'm not that good at it. Yeah. But um, I just got all excited when we were talking about horror films, and I was like, "Oh, Lost Boys!" And I wrote it down, and I just thought, oh, "That's still done." And then yeah. I don't know how we make. What about those sort of Nazi wolves in? Uh, American Werewolf, are they zombies? They're kind we of zombie-like. That's a no. fucking good chat because we've spoke about it. That, that's my favourite horror film. Yeah. And that scene is the most horrific scene in any, zom- in any horror film ever. Definitely. When Definitely. them Nazi zombies come through that window and obliterate that family, it's fucking evil. It's, it's especially bad because they're sitting there watching the Muppets. Muppets, It's already yeah. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fucking film. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... We've not covered Alien War, by the way. We've right, kind you, of bra- I, I knew you wanted to talk about this. Let's just get it out. Get Wrong. it out there. Um, it's closed now. But that was run by Z Events, was it? Yep. Oh, man. Same people. Did anyone go to Alien War? Is, is this... I'm just talking to it. Thanks, man. Ryan, is that you? Riker there. Thanks, mate. Here's the fucking shit that was. You just... You'd, you'd, you'd go in, and there'd be a guy dressed up in a, in a full-blown alien suit, and they'd chase you around for, like, 20, 25 minutes the end what they, else they, do you want to know what they, do you want to know yeah but they didn't need to chase you did they because you went every fucking week most people go once and tick that box you went every week and when the alien appeared what did you do throw myself at him there you go <laughs> I didn't I mean we exaggerate I did that three times yeah but that's oh. probably three times more than everyone else did then you got asked to not come back right no 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 we're cool we've taken my money I think yeah I was kind of young as well and I didn't do it every week I'd wait six months Change my identity. <laughs> go back in. Go back in there. That's exactly what he done after um, he walked around Duke's nightclub with his erection poking out of his flyers. <laughs> Gave it six months. Put his mate's coat on and went straight back in the dorm and didn't know who he was. <laughs> oh, was that first drunk cast? Was it that story? Yeah, that was the first ever drunk mm. cast. Does anyone, uh, did anyone? Has anyone heard that? Are you laughing? Just... Oh fuck! I'm so glad my parents don't listen to any of these. Because they would just be like, they'd divorce me, I think. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay, well, look, um, Rhea's got to get on a train. Oh, I shit, do have yeah. to get on a train. So, I just, just so we're clear, mm-hmm. your favourite thing about London no longer exists. Actually, it's fabric, which nearly no longer existed. Fabric would be my number one. Ooh, yeah. For certain. Um, I was thinking about this, and um, I remember being about... Ten and going on a school trip, not a fabric. <laughs> I don't know how to start lying. That's a and we cool were raving, story. and I met the DJs. It was, and uh, teacher had his shirt off, glow sticks. It's fucking awesome. All the skittles the first, were white. The first time I went to London, that I really solidly remember. I was blown away by how big it was and intimidating in a way. And then eighteen, nineteen, I think I first went to Fabric, and I was blown away by the size of it. I thought it was insane. There was three rooms there. Um, you guys have all mentioned it. The mixture of people who were there was awesome. It was in dark rooms. Although it was a cool layout, it was very dark because it wasn't about what people were wearing. It was all about the music. Um, and then the music, you had a true player's room. I used to love drum and bass and jungle. The main room had a fucking... I think it's still going. It's just I'm probably t- they probably won't let me in anymore. Uh, the floor moved. Give it six months. It, was, it wasn't completely solid how they'd set up the sound system so the floor vibrated. It was insane, man. I loved it. I, for me, it wasn't just that. It was the fact that they did a Fabric Live CD, which was awesome. And even the artwork for the flyers, they used to do posters from all different artists. 
It's, it's, for me, it, it, it embodies all the things that I loved about London. So Fabric would be, and then Alien War. Rest. Um, R.I.P. <laughs> and I'll throw in, just while we're talking about immersive experiences and things like that, um, uh, Secret Cinema is one of my favourite things about mm. London. I think Secret Cinema is absolutely fucking amazing. Every single one I've been to, I've walked out of there just going, that was the most incredible thing I've ever fucking been to. So... Uh, I've never gone, but I've had two tickets for the same thing, which was the Star Wars one, which I was so uh, excited. And did I you go, Bob? Yeah, I couldn't make. I couldn't make both times, <laughs> so I lost. How much? How much were the tickets? Seventy-five, hundred fifty quid. Yeah. So Plus. I'm forty, so I'm the exact perfect age for that, and I was crying for the whole thing. Oh, man. Like, I met Chewbacca. Oh my God, it's C-3PO. Oh. Oh. I played cards with Lando Carizian. What? Like, it was fucking amazing. My, my missus. Got kidnapped by two stormtroopers. So she says. <laughs> Where is she now? <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, all right, well, look. Um, <laughs> end of that. <laughs> look, Ria, I know you've got to get a train. Um, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ria Lena. Thank you, guys. Thanks ever so much, Ria. Do I, what do I do? Bob, you can stay there, mate. Um, <sighs> right, so we've got 15 minutes left. Who wants to come up on stage and have a chat? Oh, look at these hands. Right, I'm going to instantly back away from the really keen ones. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the dangerous loners. The low, the low honey There's fruit. one up here already. Don't, <laughs> Not you, don't ignore the dangerous <laughs> loners. Uh, okay, you're, you're nearest to the front. Oh, amazing. I'm instantly regretting who I am. No, no, don't. You, as long as it's not a cousin fucking story. You're good. <laughs> okay, so this is Lauren. Right, you've got right, to speak Lauren. into the mic, Lauren. What? <laughs> Right, you comfy? Yes. Right, okay. Um, do you want a beer? No, I've got... Uh, yeah, I do, yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> Good girl. Bob, Bob, can I... Um, That's the spirit. Um, a bottle opener. Oh. Oh. oh! Someone was in a rock and roll band. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. What's happening? You got a story? You got a question? What you got? I've got a story. Right. But oh. now I think it's going to be rubbish. Get it out, come on. All right, um, <clears throat> so I'm originally from Thorock. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere, probably. Yeah. Quite weird around there. Uh, I'm from Horndon on the hill. Yeah, familiar with it. Posh part. So, <laughs> only council house left. Oh, right. <laughs> Not so posh. No. Forward slash pikey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I know he's getting praised. <laughs> um, I got. I moved up to Bermondsey uh, eight years ago. Right. <laughs> Lauren, everyone. <laughs> Thank you very much. See you later, bye. Um, but my story is about one of the reasons I love London because all of the marches and how political it is, and you can get involved. My story is about the time I met Edgar Wright. You know, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was on. <laughs> if Pip's listening to this, by the way, his ears just pricked up. Yeah. He'll be like, Ooh. I've 
I was on the women's march on my own because no recently, one, the, yeah, yep. the one just gone. No one had come with me, so I went on my own like a loser. <clears throat> and I was walking along, and all of a sudden I just saw like a man, which there wasn't a lot. So I was like, oh, that looked like Edgar Wright. And I'm a major movie buff, so I was like, oh, I've got to follow him. So I've legged it. <laughs> no, no, mate, that does make you a stalker, Lauren. What not a movie buff. The one that put don't, her hand up first is a dangerous loner. Don't get, don't get confused. I'm a massive movie buff, so I collected his hair every time he yeah. parked my car outside his house. I wanted to stroke his face. No, so I followed him, and then he, he was taking pictures of the march, so he jumped up on this side. So I was like, yeah, I want to jump up so then I jumped up after him and then he jumped down but by this point I was like it's not worth it just sweating out and then he literally went back across the march I was like yes I'm going to get him so then I'm walking up <laughs> security <laughs> Lauren this is permissible as evidence I know, I told you. and then I got to that point where he's there and I was thinking well what do I fucking do now I'm here so I tapped on his shoulder and I was like I can smell you and I went, you're Edgar Wright. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And I was like, I really love you, all your films. And me and my husband, we watch all the films. And we really like Space, Dan. We think you're great. And he was like, excellent. <laughs> and I was like, can I have a picture with you? Because he's not going to believe it. And he was like, yeah, but can we keep walking? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But at the time... My, when my phone breaks, it's like a Sony Xperia phone. <laughs> when it breaks, rather than get the phone, the screen fixed, it costs loads of money mm. and I'm a pikey. <coughs> <laughs> you can actually click in a computer mouse. What? You're doing this in front of him. <laughs> so I was like, can I have a photo, please? He was like, yeah, yeah. So then I pull out this mouse. <laughs> And amazing. I'm holding it across my chest like this. And he goes, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I use it to control my phone because it's smashed. And he was like, take the photo. <laughs> so I took the photo and then he left. That's no, it. Amazing. Fucking <laughs> Lauren, well done. Oh, look. Oi, oi. Lauren, that was amazing. Oh, I can't Who's... believe you stood in front of Edgar Wright rolling a mouth over your boobs. That's amazing. Who's, uh, you met any faces in London? Uh, yes, I have. Go on in. Um, Rolf Harris. Ooh. <laughs> How old was you? <laughs> I met him as well. Uh, I met really, Rolf... really warm hands. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, I bet. met Rolf Harris in Tottenham Court Road and mm -hmm. I had a T-shirt on that mm -hmm. had the word twat written on it. <laughs> and I literally walked past and I heard... <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell, it's Rolf Harris. And yeah. it was cool. I like Rolf Harris then. He yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all went a bit sour. And there's, but, there's, um, uh, one of our buddies in the audience who was broken when... Where Tom Bowers, he was broken when it came out about Rolf Harris. All he just man. kept on going is, not Rolf, not Rolf. <laughs> oh, I could feel his pain, man. It was, it was rough. I, uh, the, 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 the kind of weirdest one, I'll, 
was years and years ago, and I was was playing a gig at the um, Rock Garden in Covent Garden in the kind of mid '90s. And what we used to do was we had a, I had a megaphone, and so I walk out in the Covent Garden, and we'd all be dressed up for our stage attire, which was chaotic, shambolic shit for our, our band. And we would literally just walk around London with this megaphone, mm. trying to get people into our gigs. And I spotted Bill Oddie. <laughs> and I was like, fucking Bill Oddie. So I've just kind of gone... Like that, right out across fucking Covent Garden. And he's looked round, and there's nine blokes dressed in like furry trousers and fucking all sorts of weird shit. And we've gone like, Bill Oddie, through this megaphone. And he's just fucking run. <laughs> and like... And so rather than think, give him his space, I was like, run! And so <laughs> we've run after him. Stop! Stop, Bill! Like through this megaphone, constantly in a fucking rammed Covent Garden. Now everyone's going, oh, it's fucking Bill from the goodies. So there's other people getting involved. It was like the fucking, when Rocky goes for a run and all the kids are following. And I'm like... Running after Bill Oddie, and we literally, in the end, like, the geezer must have been about 60, he was fucked, and he stopped. <laughs> and I've just gone, oh, mate, I fucking love the goodies, and he just went, mate, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, like, oh, literally, wow. you just heard the kind of megaphone go, <laughs> and, like, and there was just nine dejected band members just going, I thought he would have been a laugh. <laughs> like, Bill Oddie. There you go. Oh, wow. Who's got a question? Yeah. Young man? Uh, upset. Do you want to jump right. up? J- jump up, Seb, because we can't hear you. It's a podcast, buddy. Uh, yeah, You're straight the, up yeah. on the seat there, there on, yeah. Mate. Whip your top <laughs> off. <laughs> Grab a beer, brother. Love it. Straight in. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh. <laughs> I'll have you done there. Get your beer opening for you. Oh, yeah, What's your question, brother? Into the mic. I'm just wondering, like, um, as podcasters, what, what do you feel like you've learned or what's been the most, like, valuable experience, like, so far? So, if, like, for me as a listener, I guess for the four of us listeners here, uh, big up. Um, <laughs> um, it, it's... It's listening to like these uh, categories, you know. So, for example, like the, was it the toys one with a guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. Rikers Rikers here. Rikers. Where are you? Where, where you at? At the back there. Rikers. Guy um, crashed. I just thought it was just really fascinating. Like, I, I don't know if anything about 1980s toys and stuff, but it was just like it was the shit. It was like wow, this is like this guy's done so much research and stuff into what he's done. And then who was the uh, was it a DJ? He did his. Film soundtrack. Mark Moore from S Express. Mm. Yeah, it was just like, fuck. I mean, I've got no, again no expertise in this area, but I was like, fuck yeah, this is just great. Really well, you'll find that me and Chris have a hell of a lot of expertise on most stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if your question is, what have we learned from that? Mm. Nothing. <laughs> we've and generally uh, we've generally uh, learnt what people have said to us because we don't know shit. Yeah, and, and the audio the audio recordings you probably know that we've learned nothing as well. I mean, they've got slightly better, but apart from that, we are still fucking amateurish, and we kind of 
try not to go too far professional because we just want it to be normal. And it's weird because like when people give us our top fives, we want to know them kind of in advance. Yeah. But that's mm. not to be able to completely swat up on it. So when they start saying, like particularly Mark Moore from S Express, that's a really I mean, good example. So out, that one out, 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 out there. That it was like I wanted to look at it a little bit so mm. I could contribute, but I didn't want to be sat there going, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know Cerrone and I know all these amazing, yeah. amazing songs." Well, because it's part of the enjoyment of when people come on that they can talk about their passion and get into it, and and that's the cool thing. When people get super fucking niche, that's mm. really cool. Like um, Ed Skrine did it with uh, Thug Tears, didn't he? Yeah. And he was, you know, he did like hip hop. Gangster but, but thugs he, he, rapping even, about. I love you, brother, but I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> but you what's know, weird cool. is like you, you you say that, but like even with, with with things that it's easy to get. Like like when Mark, you know, when Mark Morris said he was gonna do film scores, we was expecting fucking Blink 182 from American Pie, and and he went in on. <laughs> was, you know, was we? You know, 1967. <laughs> I'm not part of that. 1967 <laughs> French erotica. Yeah. Like and he was so <laughs> passionate about it that it was. You know, I, I felt. Oh, well, I don't know what you thought, but we, we thought it was infectious, and it mm. was just a really good listen. And mm-hmm. and that's definitely something that that I think. You know, every time we do this, is, we're not professional. We're never going to try and be professional because the the we're best not capable thing... of it. <laughs> Number one, we're yeah. not capable. We but, can't plan very well. But what we generally that, found... that was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and and I've only highlighted the bits where I'm being horrible. <laughs> <laughs> True that. <laughs> but the, the one thing which I think we'll probably finish on now, because it is half past, uh, I think the one thing we've really taken from it is when we get, and it's going to sound a bit tacky because it, we're closing now, but when we get you listeners, not fans, <laughs> messaging us, saying, when, when, they, when you say things like, do you know what? It's quite weird. I was at work today, listened to it, and I just kind of felt like I was down a pub with my mates. That's what we wanted it to yeah. be. Like for me, for me, for me personally, I feel like I'm too stoned to talk. Like I'm just there, like, wow, <laughs> these guys are talking about this shit here. But I'm just, I can't say anything because you guys are not there with me. But, <laughs> but this, this is now my reality. I got you guys right here. You know, that's, that's you're <laughs> inside <Yeah>. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, on, on a quick conclusion, I just think like what what makes it great is that the benefits of podcasts. I, you know, I, I was travelling all over the world the past year, and I was listening to you guys and. And I think for listeners here, I think it's fair to say we all have some shit days sometimes, but there's no better feeling than you fucking pricks just talking absolute <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't think we could ever... F- I mean, that's got to be the perfect way to finish, right? Look, what, what, what we're saying now is um, thank you so, so much for coming today. And like, I, I hope you've had a really nice time. And we, we absolutely adore you for making the effort and and downloading and listening and chatting and stuff like that and it's really kind of you so thank you ever so ever so much and uh, and, and yeah um, we're gonna we're gonna um, gonna stand here for a while now and, and pop try. some shit and, and also we didn't pay Seb to say that can I just say <laughs> that was amazing man thank you um, and yeah so we're gonna sell some uh, some alcoholist in bits and bobs and some redshift t-shirts and, and if you want to come up and say hello and, and have a beer with us then, then we're yeah, gonna we, be we'll only be selling stuff for 15 minutes and then we're gonna be out there so you yeah, know so don't, come don't up, say hello you've got to come up um, to buy something have a know. chat keep Ooh. it to about two minutes don't touch us <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we'll uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's it. Oh, oh, but th- thank you very much, Bobby. Oh, cheers, mate. Uh, and uh, and uh, 
Right, look. It feels like it's 11 o'clock at night, but it's fucking half past four on a Saturday afternoon. Let's go get fucking smashed, yeah? Welly, welly, well, well. Uh, the uh, another live show in the bag. Hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you have a bloody wonderful Christmas. We will leave you a Craig's message that we may even film for Christmas Day. But apart from that, I hope Santa brings you what you want. And from both me and Stuart and Brad and um, our main man seventy six, thank you so much for. Um, you know, hanging out with us and listening to us and, and, and talking to us all year. It's it's made our year, this podcast. Um, so from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Take care then. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.